Hello and welcome to The Rejection Diaries. My name is Stuart White. We're now on to episode 7 of the first season of The Rejection Diaries and I've loved every second of it so far. I've really, really enjoyed exploring the psyche of rejection, the psychology of responding to it and, and how we bounce back and so forth. And today we're in episode 7, we're going to be focusing upon overcoming you, the biggest antagonist in your own life. Um, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at who is the biggest obstacle, which for most people is ourself. Um, we'll, we'll be looking at other obstacles or two. We'll, we'll mention those very briefly. Uh, we're going to discuss why you are the biggest obstacle to yourself in your own life. We're going to be looking at uh, where that foundation comes from, where the source of that, that um, conflict is within you. Uh, without sounding too Star Wars about it, um, that's that's one of the big explorations that they have in the characters and in the in the trilogy, and we are going to be looking at strategies to overcome that um, that antagonist in your life, that person that stares back at you in the mirror every single day. So, for for most of us, I think we have um, we have busy lives, we have other people in our lives, we have lots of other interests um, out with writing. Most of us have jobs that are not writing, and families and other things which take up a lot of our time and our, our mental energy and space and so on. And so, it's hard to always um, have writing at the forefront of of everything that we want to think about and everything that we want to spend time on. But that said, I, I do still firmly believe that um, all of us can find at least five minutes in every day to, to spend some time in our writing. Um, it's very rare, certainly from my point of view, that I, I don't have at least five minutes, whether that's um, sitting up at 4 a.m. With, uh, with the baby in arms um, or whether that is uh, putting aside time where everyone else is out of the house and it's completely silent. Whatever the, the conditions are, we, I think we can all find it somehow. And, and when I say to, um, thinking about writing or doing writing, I, I literally mean you could be sitting thinking about your story and um, working on a scene mentally without actually physically sitting at the computer. So um, how do we ensure that we are always um, not getting in our own way, as, as it were, when, when it comes to writing? Um, I know that for me personally, this is very difficult. I am a chronic overthinker. I think about every possible uh, variant and tangent that is is possible within a particular line of thought, and and so I go off um, often way way beyond where I have to, and think about things that I don't even need to consider, and it, it does me harm at times. It prevents me from focusing more purely upon the thing that I need to, and you know with, when it comes to writing specifically, I do catastrophize i do think what's the point i do think well if i change this i'm going to have to change that and i'm going to have to change that and you know and so on and i think about all the the possible sort of i guess branching timelines you know the diverging timelines that uh, that come off of that one possible thought and change rather than just focusing on the you know the words in front of me the page in front of me the thing that i have to do right now um, and i think that i don't think that's uncommon i think a lot of people think in a, a very similar way and so, how do we, how do we get rid of that that person that's stopping you from writing, um, which is yourself? Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not really going to discuss it today. But there are other factors that stop you writing. Um, but ultimately, when we come down to to sit and write ourselves, 
why are we getting in our own way? And it's at this point I want to to quote and, and read for you a very short um, passage from uh, an author called Marion Williamson. Um, this this um, bit of writing was actually used as part of a speech that Nelson Mandela did as well. And it, I find it very powerful and very applicable to, to myself and, uh, you know, very deep and meaningful for me. Um, and it's called Our Deepest Fear. It's a, a very short um, section which I'm going to read to you now. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that people around you won't feel insecure. We are all meant to shine, as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Now, <laughs> that gives me goosebumps just reading that. Um, it's such a powerful um, bit of writing and so it's so deep it really cuts to the core of so many of my own personal problems and you know and not just my writing in every aspect of my life i am a i'm terrible for shying away from things that i've achieved or things that i've done well or things that i'm, I'm good at i'm talented at i constantly do that i'm, I'm probably I, you maybe noticed this um the way i am online and so on or if you've ever spoken to me i will constantly make jokes about myself when someone gives me a compliment i'll, I'll try and belittle that uh, achievement or um or compliment in some way and it's, it's really actually i find it a little bit infuriating um that i do that as well and I, I get a hard time um about it you know my, my wife thinks that i should become better <laughs> at, at receiving these things and, and accepting them um and i probably should and 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 but the the root cause of of the the way i act i know is encapsulated perfectly within this this small passage who who am i to be brilliant gorgeous talented fabulous and i i think I, I do think that all the time, like, who am I? Like, why do I deserve this? You know, who who am I to to set up a, a mentoring program? Who am I to help people with their writing? Who am I to write a book that I think is going to be worthy for children to read? Who am I to be spending time working on my manuscript instead of spending time with my children? And I, I say, I do say all these things mentally all the time. And it, and it really does put up this huge barrier an obstacle um to to my ability to progress with my writing um and some of the some of the quotes in there i mean it's it's we are all meant to shine as children do that is brilliant and and because we write for children that is so applicable it's just it's it's what i think is a a, a beautiful thought to have in your mind as you're working it's not just in some of us it's in everyone and and that's so true and and it's the one thing i would say um to everyone listening to to this podcast, all five of you, um, is that if you write and, and you're putting yourself out there and we're, we're sending our work out to, to possibly be published for children, then it's in you. You're, you're letting your light shine with every single manuscript you send out to every single agent, to every competition you enter, to every time you share your work. 
you're letting your light shine. And when you do that, and I know this is true from observing friends and writers around me and so on, it does unconsciously unlock my own light and make encourage me and make me want to to shine as those people do. Um, it really is a stunning piece of writing and um, so deep. And, and and do look it up if, um, if you've not come across it before. Um, I actually, the first time I actually came across it was when I was watching a, a film called Coach Carter, which stars um, Samuel Jackson as a high school basketball coach. And he's got some uh, difficult young people he's working with. And he, um, he gets that read out to him at the end by one of his, his more troubled uh, students who you know, is, is, has quit and, and, and has, has his own sort of demons to overcome. And, and um, it's such a heartwarming, uplifting, sort of re, almost like a rehabilitation story where um, everyone learns from it, everyone becomes a better person from it. Um, and, and as I say, this, this is read out in it and it is a perfect encapsulation of the whole feel of the film. And also, as I say, is just ideal for for this particular episode, um, we were talking about overcoming ourselves and, and becoming the best version of ourselves and not being afraid to let our light shine and, and to stop getting in our own way when it comes to, to being a writer and and writing our words and our stories for children. So uh, as I always do, I've, I've come up with a list of strategies um, which I have tried myself, some of which I've found quite successful, um, others which I've read about or heard about from other people as well. And it gives you a few that you can have a think about and maybe try yourselves. If you're finding that, like me, you struggle with overcoming that number one antagonist in your life, which is yourself. So um, number one, and this is a very powerful one and one that I've used uh, a number of times to, to much success, and it, that is accountability, particularly public external accountability now you can be obviously accountable to yourself you can set your own goals you can track that and so on and so on and for some people that's enough that's powerful and they are very successful at it but for me personally um i often find that i i do struggle a little bit um when it's only myself that i'm accountable to and I feel like I need to have something external. So, for example, last summer I did a 5,000-kilometre charity cycle for uh, NHS and type 1 diabetes charity. And I don't think I would have finished that and succeeded it. Uh, with it, I had to cycle 50 kilometres for 100 consecutive days, um, which was a lot. Uh, you know, even just one day of 50 kilometres is, is makes you feel sore and it's pretty hard work but uh, and it's two and a half hours a day that I'm putting into that so I don't think if I was only accountable to myself and I hadn't publicly announced it and said I was doing it for charity that I would have succeeded with it but by doing that it gave me that razor sharp laser like focus on what I was doing and I knew exactly who it was for and what I had to do each day and I knew who was waiting for me to update them on, on how I was doing and I knew that there was people ultimately that would benefit from me completing the task and that that um, was very powerful for me as a motivator and allowed me to get through um, those those days where I woke up in the morning and I could barely move my legs and I, I knew I had to go and sit on my bike for two and a half hours that day and cycle. Um, I, I It was hard at times, it really was, I, I really struggled but that external accountability really made um, a difference so accountability, be public and don't give yourself a way out. Set a goal, say you're going to do it by that date and um, 
don't make excuses. If you miss one day, sure. I mean, I, I missed one day and I just had to do uh, t- an extra 10 kilometers for five days to catch up. So, like, you know, you, you will always catch up. It's the same with your writing. You know, there, there's no real, this is the thing that um, is important to remember with life. There's no real race. Like you're the only person you're racing is yourself. And, you know, if you get the 10,000 words done in a month or in two weeks or in six months, you're still getting it done. And, and you know, it's, it's down to what you want. You're only racing yourself. No one's sitting there unless you're a published author on deadline um, telling you that I need X number of words by X date. So, you know, that's um, that's well worth uh, considering as well. Uh, the, the next one that I wanted to mention was uh, a strategy which I, I do find quite useful at times, which is displacement. Um, I, I, I've kind of made that up myself. I don't know if that's the technical term for it, but it's where you imagine you are someone else looking back at you and you say, well, what do you see? A bit like the sort of man in the mirror moment. Um, and you look and see what someone else might observe if they were looking at you. And you think about the positives and negatives. Now, we're not obviously not talking external appearance here. We're talking internal um, and, and the, the things that you do in life, the things that you achieve, all related to your writing. And you start listing those, the positives and negatives. And often when we do this strategy, we find that there are far more positives than we previously imagined and a lot less negatives. And the positives tend to outweigh the negatives. Um, if we if we can sit down and focus and do that, that displacement activity begins, can be so powerful. And what I would say is, if you are a bit like me, where you just refuse to see the positives, um, we, we all do that at times, don't we? And we refuse to accept that there are positives, then you can ask someone else to do it for you. Ask a friend to list all the positives of your writing, a, a close writing friend, someone who's looked at your work, um, anything like that. You know, it might even be a family member who will probably be far too kind for you. Um, but that's actually a good thing when you're, you're in that sort of mode. Um, it helps to elevate your, your mood and gets, gets you motivated, doesn't it? So it's well worth doing uh, that as a, a strategy. So displacement, uh, tracking your progress, um, a hugely powerful, I mean, we, we know this, you know, setting uh, smart goals and so on, measurable, achievable, realistic, uh, time-framed and so on. Um, so saying I'm going to do 500 words a day, I'm going to do 50 words a day, um, whatever your target happens to be, track what you actually do because every single time you meet the target, you're going to get a buzz from that. You're going to get a, a dopamine hit. Um, and as many of you might know, dopamine is a hormone which um, triggers the reward pathway in the brain and encourages you to repeat that behavior. So if you uh, physically record, tick, I've made my word count for the day, you are more likely to then engage in that behavior in future. But what I would say is record whatever you do, even if it's not the target that you thought of that day, the physical act of acknowledging that you've done words rather than just saying, I have failed as a binary negative, you can say, well, actually I've succeeded because I didn't reach a thousand words, but I wrote 700. And and the act of writing that down and tracking it makes that all the more clear within our own our own brains, you know, our own think meat, um, that that neurological wiring in there that often gets in our own way. Um, this is one. The next one is one which I am probably the world's worst at, which is to be kind to yourself. I am very kind to others. I'm always very forgiving. I I tend to be to tell people. Um, how much I I value their work, how brilliant I think they are, um, to encourage them to keep going when they're feeling down and they don't think they can keep going and so on. However, I never, ever 
do that to myself. I'm, I'm much harder on myself. I'm much tougher on myself. And I, I don't know where that comes from. I guess it's a sort of childhood psychology link, isn't it, where um, I, I know I didn't receive uh, very very much um, positive talk or, or compliments or praise when I was younger. And so I find it difficult to accept praise, but also to see um, those positives within myself. And I think that's, again, quite a, a reasonably common thing. Um, and so, yeah, we we have to see that in ourselves if we can. So be kind to yourself. Many of us would be far kinder to others in our own shoes. So remember to show that same kindness to yourself. On to the last one, which is the the big one. I think that the, the um, epiphany epiphany of of the whole um, the whole episode, which is about allowing yourself to shine. Now, we shouldn't be afraid to let ourselves shine brightly, as Marianne Williamson uh, rightly says in her beautiful words. Uh, it serves no one to do so, and actually when people shine, it does unconsciously unlock and give permission to to others to do the same. And I think as we continue to to show ourselves to the very best, to, to dare to be talented, to dare to be brilliant, to dare to write great books for, for children, the more we do that and we do, we're not afraid to, to, to be the very best of ourselves and um, we allow ourselves to get past our own our own um, internal barriers and conflict. The more we overcome that antagonist in our life, the brighter we become. And the, and actually, all of this contributes to making the entire world a much brighter place. And I think that's a, a nice place to stop for for today. So thanks for joining me for episode seven of the Rejection Diaries. Today we've been discussing how to overcome you, the biggest antagonist in your life. Um, and some advice and strategies to help us all with that going forward. Take care, everyone, and may the force be with you.